Welcome to the Winner Circle with Derek Pang. On this podcast, I'll be introducing you to real-world heroes who have stepped outside their safe, known worlds to pursue and live their win, their best lives. This is a choice we all get to make. The intention behind these conversations is to inspire you to move forward with greater faith, trust, and belief in yourself on your hero's journey ahead. Let's go, hero. All right, we are live, and I am thrilled to introduce you to today's guest. On today's episode, I interview an online fitness coach based out of Colorado. He's the creator of Flow Life Wellness and a former coach at Ana Gym in Austin, Texas. Welcome to the Winner Circle, Justin Brown. Derek, good seeing you, brother. Great to see you. Um, it's been uh, amazing, us telling you before this call, just to follow your journey. Um, you've recently moved from Texas to Colorado and are doing amazing things. So I can't wait to fill our listeners in on all you've been up to and the lessons you've learned on that path. There's a lot of chaos going on in this world right now with the pandemic and all these sort of issues. There's also a lot of beauty. And this podcast is all about uplifting, inspiring, and empowering. And so I like to start things off with a really positive question. And that question is for you. What do you love about your world right now, Justin Brown? Uh, personally, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I, I love that um, for the first time I'm, I'm living uh, in nature. <laughs> and when I say that, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, 12 miles up a dirt road, uh, no mail service, no trash service, no cell phone service. We found a way to get internet out here on top of the mountain. But um, it's just a big difference from the last 10 or plus years of living downtown areas uh, in Austin and stuff like that. So I'm really in my life right now, living in the middle of a forest uh, in Colorado is just been a complete blessing. That's, that's kind of what comes to mind first. So how did this all come to be? How did you go from living in the big cities, trainer at on a gym to out in the woods, like building your dream home, your dream gym, connecting with nature, connecting with plant medicine, connecting with community, connecting with all things beautiful. Man, uh, golly, that's a, I'll make it short. Uh, you know, I'm really fortunate to just throughout fitness. I kind of, I guess, got my punches in like a, a Globo gym. Um, I was real fortunate to be around uh, when they piloted a program called Goldsfit, where they're going to try to basically take away from that market and put little little studios inside of gyms that are uh that the members can pay extra to be a part of. So it's a little gym inside of a gym type thing. And uh, things ran their course there. I got to be a program director there and, and write the program for the entire thing. And just learned a lot and just got to just be the head coach for hundreds of people and learn so much and then transitioned to audit. And that just started to, sh to shift me into the whole understanding of how, what a community can be. Uh, and, you know, we were building communities too as well, but just different kind of, and, maybe getting out and, and, and really I kind of felt like the audit was kind of like more my vibe, my kind of people, the longevity and just not the normal, you know, you know, there's no mirrors in there, which is kind of a thing, you know, like I just getting the, not the vanity, but the movement, the longevity. Um, and then, uh, you know, everything happened with the pandemic. I actually had transitioned away from audit, which ended up, I regret a little bit, but in retrospect, we all learned and I was working at Equinox in Austin. I, I, you know, opened that gym up down there. But then, it, you know, the pandemic came and, you know, it did all of us. Um, and one of my buddies that I met at an audit retreat, Jimmy, uh, we had a human spirit optimization retreat to where I got to know Jimmy. We got to go out to Opry's uh, mansion in Sedona and spend some time. And that was actually my first time being exposed to really that realm of stuff, you know, sound healing, you know, we didn't do any kind of medicines there at all. It was a cow ceremony, but, but just that whole kind of realm of spirituality and, and, uh, and that, which I kind of, I felt like that was where I was lacking in my life, you know, mind and body. I felt like I had down with spirit or something I needed to work on. And yeah, I met Jimmy, started hanging out with, 
know, and I've got kind of yoke instructor myself, and I was working at Black Swan, and so just kind of getting more into that whole type thing. But not necessarily, you know, I'm just not necessarily kind of a yogi either. <laughs> not that, not that, you know, either way. Um, but yeah, pandemic hit, and my, you know, Jimmy, a good friend that I'd made, was coming down here to Colorado to, um, just to get away because we, you know, all the work closed down and I came down here and I just instantly fell in love. You know, the difference in uh, living downtown Austin, especially with, you know, all the fear and just all the energy goes kind of going around there versus coming up here and just being with nature. And I'd, I'd never even been to Colorado before that point. So the beauty was astounding to me. Um, and, you know, really during that time, the plant medicine kind of wasn't your thing. I think there were didn't, didn't have any or whatever, but I did sit one time uh, with it before I went back, actually twice. Um, and then for my birthday, uh, they had it in Austin and I sat again and I just, it kind of gave me the, uh, I don't want to say that you know, she told me anything. Everybody has their experiences uh, and different things that happen, but I, I think that it, gave me the confidence to uh, to break away from from corporate America as far as the gyms go. And so I think that was like the big thing. And I decided to move out here. I lived in a tent for like four months, uh, you know, getting ready before I could start getting everything together to start building the cabin. And I just kind of had this dream and this vision um, about what I wanted to do. And here we are, man, it's been, it's been about a year. It's here. Wow, that is incredible, and I can't wait to get into that um, some more. Um, so many topics I want to touch on from there. But before we do, um, I would like to talk about your mission. I find when our my guests introduce um, their mission to the listeners, we can get a better idea of who they are because their mission represents our guide star, not only in our professional life but also our personal life. And everywhere in between. And just like us as beings, we are always evolving and so can our missions be. But it's always great to have awareness of what our mission is so that we can be guided and best be of service on our path. So right here, right now, Justin Brown, what is your current mission in this reality plan? Uh, absolutely. I, I know it's, it's, to, it's to create or show people a way of healing uh, through flow state. And there's a lot of ways to flow and that's kind of like the flow life. And, and really there's a, there's a, there's, there's a book on flow that I, I can't remember the, the name of it right now, but I mean, basically there's a way to find flow in everything. You know, I, I feel the easiest way is to teach somebody and to have them find it through a physical practice, you know, yoga, still mace flow club, even dance or any of these things, you know, people get into these states to where they're just completely tuned in um that's first i want to teach people that and show them that through a physical way um uh and then teach them and, and maybe go on through the app and all the other stuff i do with the youtube channel and everything later on and teach them how to find flow and everything in life from monotonous things like walking down the street or even driving and just being mindful about your posture so much and your breathing as you're driving and you know fucking ninja driver that i don't know you know because we're driving around it's crazy it's like hey just be so mindful look and see everything i mean so it's really about teaching flow state and the reason for me it's so important is because you know we've all had a lot of stuff i've dealt with a lot of loss uh in life uh man honestly yeah a lot so really it helps me you know everybody has reasons that they need to cry or you know has their shit they need to go out i'm not the kind of person that can just sit there and i don't know what would make come out like even consider it or feel sorry for yourself and start crying or whatever but whenever i'm flowing it could be with a number of tools or just that locked into something i can it just brings that emotion out and creates healing for me and overall things and we'll get into it later i mean it's a big part of my story uh, you know my daughter died four years ago in a car accident she was 19. Uh, my mom died last december and and from covid uh and that was a very shitty 
thing to go through because there was like no visitation just like you've seen on fucking tv like that shit really happened like died alone in a hospital like crazy you can't go see so you know there's a lot of reasons and people all have their reasons that to that they can grieve or whatever and so for me the practice these practices are ways that i'm able to to let it out man you know and to cry and to all that and i embrace it and it just helps so you know to share that with everybody is absolutely our mission Mm-hmm. It's really beautifully said, Justin. Um, we will talk about those those challenges um, ahead. But before we do, let's continue to talk about flow. How do you currently connect with flow? What are your primary doors into flow that you are walking into on a daily? Been over the last year, I've been finding flow state in work, <laughs> like carpentry i haven't you know i i've been fucking grinding and trying to build this cabin i've you know i've I've built 85 to 90 percent of it on myself um and so it would be finding flow state and trying to learn and do all these things as best i could so again you know i love and it's a gift for myself when i get to practice steel base or hell i haven't done yoga in so long but those are the gifts you know for me but you know, again, you know, that's, I've been finding it in everything that I do, you know, whether, so as of late, I just did a ceiling that was terrible, by the way, but the reason it looks cool, but what it is, is they're, they're floor panels that go on the floor and doing that shit upside down and backwards on rafters versus like a solid floor. It was hard, but you know, it's flow. You're concentrated. You're just in the zone to get, you know, work done. Um, but my preferred way to find flow is absolutely probably with the steel mace. I just signed up for the mentorship level two uh, with Leo. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, that starts here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but animal, I mean, I, you know, I'm so fortunate to have those years at audit to where I got to do all these certifications and learn so much. So animal flow, club flow, uh, kettlebell, steel mace, nunchucks, bow staff, you know, uh, yoga what's up <laughs> like i really don't prefer just definitely ones you kind of feel and i like still mace because it's so fast uh you can just get there so quickly as far as getting into that state um mm-hmm. but i definitely don't have a preference it kind of changes with the day i guess mm-hmm. you have so many tools um on your tool belt that you've accumulated over the years and now you have carpentry you built yourself a gorgeous wood cabin like it's beautiful. There's a gym in there. There's a loft. It's incredible. And they can check it out on your Instagram, Justin Brown fitness, if they want to follow the progress, but it's, it's incredible. And you had no background in carpentry. Um, tell us about that. How uh, I, actually, I, I got to give my mother some credit. I, you know, I was fortunate in my mid twenties. My mom was always building and doing stuff my whole life, uh, adding on and doing things. And actually had a time, uh 10 or 15 years ago i'm 38 now so back in my mid-20s to where i did do flipping houses and real estate type stuff okay. so I, it's been a real long time and i damn sure never have done a project you know at that scale or by myself you know usually i was involved in doing stuff but never uh that but i think just having a confidence in the vision and it don't and a shitload of youtube don't don't lie <laughs> uh you know for things that you don't know but um yeah, just the vision and just the determination to go out. I mean, to be honest with you, man, I've, I've been putting eight to 10, 12 hour days in, you know, five, mm-hmm. six days a week for a long time. Uh, so it's, it's, they make it look real easy, but man, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But I feel even before you building this cabin, you're putting in that time with your mace or with your fitness practice or with whatever you do. I feel like you're an all in type or even your carnivore diet, like you're an all in type of guy. If something if something speaks to your heart, you go go at it at, as your as your best self. Yeah, definitely uh, deep dive, and that's a yeah, all in is definitely a thing. Uh, definitely with last year too, we might get into a little with with plant medicine. You know, it's kind of like complete crash course. I, you know, I was just really fortunate to be where I was to be able to experience so much. But um, but absolutely, I do. Um, I get obsessive about things whenever uh, I start to learn them, 
and then move on to the next. So I got obsessive about the cabin. It's about finished. And now I got to switch gears and get obsessive about, you know, creating this way of there's all the things I have to do to make this thing look like I want it to. Mm-hmm. Building your flow life wellness platform as well. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So <laughs> let's talk about the challenges of building the cabin um, because I think it's analogous to so many things that we do. So you are undergoing this task and undoubtedly there had to be challenges building a cabin without ever having um, led a project like this before doing this by yourself. So let's talk about the challenges you've encountered um, building the cabin and how you approach those challenges and what you learned from them. Uh, I think um, it's funny that you said challenges. The first thing I thought about when I was digging a foundation and we're like on top of a mountain and it's like, we're just on fucking granite. So I'm trying to like dig uh, and it's literally just, just solid rock. And so, <clears throat> but yeah, there are a lot of challenges. I think, um, I think one of the ones, I think the main one actually, and one that I still you know work on is, is a challenge of asking for help because <laughs> I just, for whatever reason, don't ever want to put anybody off. And I can think of some of the biggest things that I got done that I had to have uh, help with, you know, and couldn't have done it alone. And thankful for all the people that, you know, offered up to help and kept offering it and offering it until I kind of had to say yes, which I needed it anyway. Um, but, you know, as far as challenges with it, though, man, I was a lot of fun, a lot of research. Um, I think maybe, if anything, getting obsessive with it, where it's like kind of taking over your life. Like, it's like you just wake up thinking about what you need to get done that day. You go to bed thinking about what you got to get done the next day, dream about that shit. And it's just like, you know, it becomes a lot. And then you know, all the deadlines, mm-hmm. just pressures around trying to, you know, get it to, get it to be, you know, You've kind of gone all in with this idea, you know, and now you've got to see it through. So as far as actual doing it and all that, it's been a, just a fun learning thing. I wouldn't say, and absolutely a shitload of like little things here and there every day and fuck ups and, you know, learning curves and all that. But yeah, I think the bigger challenges were just you know, things with myself. Mm-hmm. You could on it and even learn and got through. Yeah. Um, no, I love, I love how you approach that because no matter what we do, um, in life, there are always challenges. There's always negatives that we can see, but there's always opportunities. There's always learnings. There's always fun to be had. And it's just, what lens are we going to look at things? Are we going to look at it with the glass half, uh, half full, half empty or half full, you know? Um, the, are we going to look at the the opportunities? Are we going to look at the challenges, the negative and you, have got into the habit of just finding the fun, finding the opportunity, finding the learning, keeping that growth set mentality. And no doubt that's what led to this cabin um, and the flow life wellness and all the amazing things you have going, being built and in creation. So this podcast is called welcome to the winner circle, because it's in my belief that we can all be winners and it starts with a choice. It starts with a choice to pull up a chair at the winner's table and we can all do this. Um, often we often society tells us we can't because um, you're comparing yourselves to others and you're holding destination as your goal. Whereas to me, winning is embracing the process, um, enjoying the journey um, by moving forward versus not. And it's as simple as that. And those small steps in time, lead to big changes. Um, what does going for your win mean to you, Justin? And what does your winning in your life look like for you today? I think for me, just the big step or the big, I guess, leap. Because I was raised blue collar, you know, you know, everybody in my family, everybody went to school. Everybody just found a job and kept it and moved up. That's just kind of it. And so to to finally be brave enough. And I think honestly, in the end, it had a lot to do with just just Equinox and just catering to just just those rich people, which is fine. Everybody needs help, but I'm just, I'd rather not, 
cater to people that have to pay the 150 plus dollars an hour for 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 help you know mm -hmm. and having a bravery and to get out on your so the win for me is you know, having a bravery to get out there on your own and create something and help people within my own capacity mm -hmm. uh, which most is going to be free um and then just seeing what happens and trust the spirit you know along that way to kind of just guide everything and just kind of just i think you mentioned before just kind of trusting uh you know I would say spirit, but you kind of you said it in the story we were talking earlier. You know, just how you trust and everything kind of plays itself out. You just kind of let go and just let you cannot say spirit take you. So that's that's what winning looks like for me, for sure. It's just absolutely still having to do the work every day that you should. But I feel like you have to have a vision too. You don't just get to oh, follow the spirit and fucking. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. We we but. But, but then trusting, you know, and know that you're doing something that makes you happy and you're trying to give your medicine to the world and whatever capacity works for you and then trusting everything that works itself out. Absolutely. Having faith and finding that balance between being and doing. Um, so you've had to step into fear so many times on your, on your journey. Um, examples include just moving out to um colorado um living in that tent for three months building your cabin quitting equinox um leaving the big city leaving all like leaving um on a gym like there's many times you've stepped outside of your comfort zone because that comfort zone was no longer serving you your heart they were no longer resonating with your soul calling with the spirit within how do you use fear um and what advice would you give to a hero on the path that is stuck um on that track stuck in the mud between should and must and they're staying stuck in the should because of what society says or because of what their parents partners friends etc say and they they kind of push that must they push that calling into the corner and kind of stifle out that flame how do you deal with fear and how do you advise your clients and those you care with to not be paralyzed by it i uh personally how i deal with it is i spent i don't know if we even talked about this but when i was a kid i just seemed to hang out the bad kids it's been a it's been 41 months in jail Ended up like maximum security kid facilities, Texas yep. mission for people that are from Texas. And I guess having made it through that, I, my daughter was born while I was in there. I was 15 when she was born, and I've kind of changed my life in different direction after that, as far as you know, the way I was going to be with the world. But I think going through all that stuff and all that incarceration and the gang stuff growing up. Um, kind of knew I'd make it through anything regardless it's like you find out because you've already been through some really really hard shit you know like that no matter what uh, you're gonna make it through uh, like the kid the jail does a lot for that because you know it's this different perspective on time and and different idea of what shit is and is because people in the free world, free world really don't even get it you know what I'm saying yeah. like unless you've been in there and you know and at that that place not that I want anything but if you've lived your whole life with your freedom, then it's just a part of it that you don't understand. So when you get that taken away and you get you get to have it back and you appreciate it a little bit more. Um, so I think in the back of my mind, to get back to your question with, you know, dealing with fear is just to kind of know that, you know, no matter what you're going to make it through, you figure it out. You always, you always have. Uh, and uh, probably anybody listens to this, you know, they probably always figured it out. You fucking always do. So it's kind of like, you know, you're going to figure it out. So do what feels good or feels right for you. And, you know, I don't even let fear be a factor. I think after a while, I all the shit scared out of me when I was young. So there's, there was none left going, going forward. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and one, one thing that you've learned on your path, um, is how to ask for help. And that's not something that you were able to do when you were, when you were younger. 
um, you try to deal with things on your own, which you still do to this day, but you're, you're more and more understanding the importance of asking for help. How do you transition from that, that troubled youth um, who is want you against the world doing things on your own to now starting to understand the importance of asking for help? Talk about that journey. Well, I think honestly, being a parent for 19 years out of that youth is definitely going to change uh, someone. Oh, golly, it's kind of crazy. I mean, thinking about not wanting to ask for help, I, I kind of had this huge revelation. I'll kind of shorten it up to mm-hmm. after like on my 50th or 60th ceremony uh, with ayahuasca. I hadn't really been getting any kind of big revelation obviously so many times, but then uh, I had this huge revelation. It was kind of like a ghost of Christmas past, you know, where the ghost is taken through their history and showing all the stuff, and it shows my disposition and kind of the, my mom loved me, and she's a great mother and all that stuff, but I think she didn't want to have kids, and I think that happens a lot. Like, there's a difference to where you wanted kids, and you always wanted them, and you have a room waiting for them versus, like, you have a one night stand with some guy you don't fucking like. And then now you have this kid, you're going to love him regardless. But the way that looks and the disposition forever is kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, I kind of had this realization that, you know, my mom kind of just had me out of, you know, less than ideal circumstances. She loved me and did the best she could by all means. But it just created this disposition for me to where, I kind of felt unwanted because she was leaving me here, leaving me there, leaving me here. And my aunts and my uncles would get mad that she was leaving me everywhere. I didn't get why they're mad. I thought it was my fault. So I wanted to be small and just give as much as I could to, because so I could, you know, try to feel welcomed or loved or, you know, like wanted somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd give as much and take as little as I could. And I think that's where the, it's like a, it's crazy to find that out, you know, especially like the all sermon. It's a big thing. It kind of it explained the disposition for my entire life and why I, I can underline your reason for why the fuck you are the way you are type thing. Uh, but I think that kind of stems out for the not wanting to ask for help because I don't want to be a burden to anyone or I just want to give, you know, that way I can feel wanted and I don't want to anybody have to burn themselves with anything that to help me because they're going out of their way. I don't want to do that to any. So realizing that through ceremony, I think was a fucking huge deal because I was like, oh man, you know, people maybe want to help you because it's all reciprocity, you know, it's all going to end up coming back and around and just kind of just getting my disposition and understanding why I might have these, I get so anxious to even think about asking for help. You know, I think even the bigger thing is just the idea of it, even still, you know, just kind of, <laughs> I'd rather figure out how to do it myself. Um, but understanding where that comes from definitely gives me power to work on it. Mm-hmm. That's really well said. So one um, of your teachers you just mentioned was um, plant medicine, um, ayahuasca uh, in particular. Um, if you want, you could continue a bit more about how you entered that realm um, of healing, what you've learned from it. And then we could transition to other helpers uh, and mentors you've met along the way. And what were your key takeaways and learnings from them that you've incorporated into your being? You know, I, I, I'd never, I'd heard about, obviously being on it, you're going to hear about ayahuasca just working there, but I, you know, in my mind, it was just a, a drug, you know, like I didn't give a shit, but anybody said like, Hey, if you're going to see all that fucking drugs and call it medicine, all right, motherfucker, you know, <laughs> uh, that's just what you call it. So if you're justifying it, this is just what I'm thinking. But then I came, you know, up to Colorado, and, you know, they were at a place where we host ceremonies. We have a connection with the jungle, people in, in Copeland, in Peru, and um, where I went, where I traveled at the end of this last year uh, to go see where, like, we made ayahuasca there, you know, like we saw like in the fucking jungle where you know, the medicine that we've been taking comes from. Um, yeah, I just, uh, it was here, you know, and so I kind of sat with it. Um, 
you know, had some opportunities and uh, after the pandemic kind of cleared out, I feel like it was around July, like we just, you know, everybody had so much shit, you know, and honestly, we were having, we were hosting ceremonies almost every weekend for pretty much the whole year. So it was a lot. Um, and I was just really fortunate to be able to help, help in those ceremonies. And I mean, course you to sit and everything but just as much clean a puke buckets and you know all this stuff so just very humble and grateful to be able to to sit and so many things I mean if anybody's ever been with medicine I mean they kind of know that and I had just huge revelations I kind of block them off and set to 10 or 20 ceremonies at a time for you going through this and then you're going through this and really changed who I am uh I think for a couple of reasons. I think one of the main things is one of the crazy things is my childhood. You know that being locked up as a kid, I was in gangs, we did shootings and burglarized buildings and fucking rob pawn shops and rob people and just just crazy shit. Um, not proud of any of that stuff, but I think that like the excitement and the endorphins that you know the pathways in your brain that what's going to excite you, like they had been peaked out when I was 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's not that. It's just like nothing else in life because everything's kind of bland. Because like when I was a kid, I fucking got in the high speed chase with police and you know shut drive-bys and shit like that. And it just made the rest of life kind of like eh, you know. Uh, I feel like that hit a reset button. Um, it's your default mode network of your brain. You know, if you look into how it works, it's kind of like I feel like it reset that so it enabled me to you know enjoy uh, life better for and appreciate just the normal not crazy fucking having to break the law or do something crazy to get like an endorphin kick uh i think that's probably the big one of the big things that did for me it helped me deal with a lot of grief uh around my brother my daughter my mother's death um uncle i mean just a lot of death it just helped me just sift through those emotions feel cry uh all those things just a lot of insights, of, you know, about asking for help and came with this like, real men need help type thing. That's the saying that I was kind of mess with later on, but just it's been so much for me and I've seen it impact so many other people's lives in so many ways. It's so meaningful, it seems. I've just been really blessed to be a part of it. Uh, and I'm taking a break for a while to try to integrate uh, being in that realm for such a long time. I'm spending so much time there trying to just integrate all the lessons and all the things that you know, she showed me over the last year. Mm-hmm. What are some of the primary lessons that you're in the process right now of incorporating into your being? I think a bigger thing is just is always being mindful about behavior. Um, alcohol has always been a big struggle for me for my life. Uh, just leaning to that uh, to try to get away or numb or whatever um so she helped me a lot not not need that but i think just uh what did you say the question was <laughs> um so what are the lessons that you've learned oh, from lessons. your ceremonies um with mother ayahuasca you said it's time to implement um what yeah, you're, you're learning so what are some of the implementations that you are in the process of doing being conscious being mindful um, trying to even understand what consciousness it is, you can go on forever about what the hell that is, what's looking through your eyeballs and all this and that, but just really knowing who you are, uh, being able to quiet down and hear spirit, which is, you know, maybe that's just me and what's right and doing what, following the heart and being brave, kind of like your podcast talks about. That could just be, easily be kind of deciphered into saying, you know, that that's spirit. So just really just listening, believing, trusting, doing the work every day, knowing if you're doing as much as you can of it, doing what feels right for you and doing what you love versus, you know, trying to feed the ego or, you know, think that you need this or that, you know. So it's been really big on behavior, just controlling your thoughts and how you treat people and just everything and being just really mindful and trying to be impeccable as far as like all that goes and how you are even catching yourself when you think you see someone and 
store or something and judgmental thought you catch yourself and you're like you piece of shit why are you thinking like that you know like mm-hmm. uh, just, that, that's just little stuff like that just in the way it can be kind of better uh you know reading like carlos books kind of thinking about those those things mm-hmm. um that's just kind of a big big gesture to integration you know like just all the time and having confidence and i see when ego comes in and doubt just trying to see it for what it is and also being able to cry and, you know welcome in emotion that i used to like shut mm-hmm. away or drink away mm-hmm. uh to now to welcome the tears and to just sit with them and just look at whatever it is mm-hmm. a rewriting of those old patterns that we used to need to rely on to make us feel safe to cope with with our current <clears throat> with their current realities you're rewriting those and it's it's commendable um you mentioned what we need what have you learned what is it that we need what is it that you need i think everybody needs something individual uh it's going to be different for everybody but God, what we so general i mean honestly the thing that comes to mind is just how polarizing everything's been in the world it's really happy to be so remote out here it's just like they find a way to uh to just make us hate each other you know political parties carnivore vegas like everything the fucking like it's, it's extreme and it just it's polar man it's so crazy it's just uh yeah it's unfortunate you can get into all that even like yeah so 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 justin um we talked about ayahuasca being a a big teacher for you who who have been some other teachers or influences in your life that that have meant something profound to you and what have you learned what were the specific learnings that you've taken from them and have incorporated into yourself and your presence I think there's there's ones that come to mind are just kind of groups. Uh, you know, I learned from, I learned a lot from yoga and compassion. Uh, mm-hmm. was the main lesson that it kind of taught me. Uh, going through the training and being a teacher and just everybody, Patsy and everybody involved, and Christina and I, you know, just the teachers involved with that. Um, then I think to all the leadership and teaching it on it and just how great, you know, just everybody was. Then that's the John Wolf and Shane Hines and Juan, everybody up there, how much I appreciate uh, the things that they taught me. Um, <clears throat> and even here, uh, there's some great people here, you know, that, that I learned from constantly that everybody has their passion. So I kind of, you know, I let, I, you know, I take what, what I'm passionate about, I listen to them and take little tidbits from them. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot from my friend Jimmy, you know, that, that's been up here. You know, you know, just to watch and see what, you know, fallen spirit looks like. It's a pretty good example. Mm-hmm. Just going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, on the path, you've learned a lot about being a coach about being a helper we spoke about the foundation of your cabin about the importance of a foundation to any building any being um what do you what have you learned are the foundational elements of being a good coach of being a good helper of being someone of service what are those foundations to you uh number one is giving a fuck i think is absolutely it's like there's a difference in people that really care and Honestly, I think if you really care about the people that you're trying to serve and you love them, uh, everything else will fall into its place after that. You'll continue to educate yourself. You'll, you know, you'll do all the things to try to serve the people. But I think it's a, it's a thing when someone genuinely cares about seeing you, you know, like, uh, I think that's like a, probably like a mainstay, I think, in, in, in coaching and being a good coach is just, is that what you want to do? Uh, are you there because you want to be? Um, 
Yeah, and then because you know, I think after that, it's like you know, coaches are not. There's you know, the things to me that make a really good coach are, of course, there's like logistics and all those other things. But I think the the bigger things are the way they can make people feel. Uh, you know, in a class and give them confidence to keep going on and keep them wanting to come back. And so it's like the way you can. Like coaching is a thing, but that's what. And hopefully they're making people move good because there's a lot of coaches out there that don't know shit about movement that have that other thing. Uh, but I hope, you know, you hope they have that too. Uh, but as long as no one gets hurt though, man, and they're moving, it's who's to say, you know. But I think mm-hmm. the way that we have, we can make someone feel uh, by caring first and then listening and then, you know, then getting all the education and doing all that. But it's definitely changing people's lives by making them feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. So, Throughout a hero's journey, there's many challenges, and you, Justin, have encountered many um, from your childhood to your incarceration to the many losses you've had. So let's take a moment to discuss some of these challenges um, and how you overcome them. What were your key learnings from these challenges, and how would you advise someone on a similar path? Whether that be loss, um, trouble in childhood, crime, what are your thoughts on all these issues? And how do they develop you into the man you are? Can you hear me still? Yeah. Good some fresh air real quick. Yeah, man, golly. Uh, Challenges and what I learned. I've just always done things the hard way. <laughs> and I had to learn for myself as far as um, being a dumb kid and all the jail and all that stuff. Uh, man, you know, as far as the loss, you know, you know, you don't, nobody wants to, you don't, you don't want, it. and that's going to be a big mission for me going forward is to try to help people get through and grief and the loss and. There's a lot of people out there that have lost children, and it sucks. I mean, I, I, it's different than losing a parent or a sibling. It's just different. Um, but I think, you know, I think the thing is, too, is, you know, I could try to say, like, what someone should do in that kind of instance. But I think more so, it's like the more foundational things outside of that that are going to prepare someone for maybe being able to deal with something like that. So maybe the other stuff, like that's maybe better dealt with on the more spiritual side, you know, versus like the coaching side. But, you know, and just like I said, like combining mind, body, and spirit is kind of a thing, you know, you get strong in your body, um, connect your mind and your body, and it'll bring you closer to spirit. Um, so that's kind of like the thing. It's, no, everybody's going to deal with grief and when terrible things like that happen to people are, no one's to say how they deal with it, you know. Um, I guess the bigger thing is to try to, you know, be talking about it, talking about how it's affected me, how I've gone and learned through it. For me, it was, you know, just kind of always imagine. It started when my brother died. My brother got, my brother was fucking building cellular towers and was buried alive. He was, he was in the foundation of a hole of a cellular tower and it collapsed on him at a 25 foot deep hole. Shitty death, you know, and that was hard, but I would, I'd find myself mourning for him, you know, I was, was in 2003, so uh, I was just, just 20 years old at the time, but then my brother, he was always, he was always, he was, he was always a big brother, we were really close, so I'd pop me in the back of the head, if I was wearing a hat, he would just hit me in the back of the head and knock my hat off, just because, like, that's just whatever, but he would, I would always imagine it pop me in the back of the head and be like, you're a little bitch, dude, like, go do your thing, you can't fucking sit here and cry over me all the time. I ain't doing shit for you. You got to keep going, you know? So for me, the lessons I learned, I kind of was able to apply that through all, all the grief later on versus sitting there and realizing too, whenever you're dealing with loss and the grief, that there's a shitload of eyes in there. I wish, I wish, I, 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 I. If we have our belief about, you know, spirit or whatever happens to people we love whenever they go, and they're looking at you right now. The last thing you want you doing is bitching about what you don't have anymore. You need to like shift that around and live your life for them, you know, like realize that they're with you now and like that 
you're you are them you know like i am my daughter everything i do you never met her all the representation you have of her is of me and how i am and that way i'm going to approach it's a shitty situation yeah but you know there's that's there's, there's a lot worse in a lot of your places so it's just learning to be grateful for what you have versus boohoo and about what you don't anymore and really really being able to really do that which is people say that shit all the time uh but practice it works really good but it's just a really hard practice mm -hmm. so through it all through um those you've loved and those you've lost through your journeys of highs and lows what have you learned about love what is that to you yeah for me uh not the best experience of love it's definitely it's uh i think love is taking somebody for however they are no matter what unconditionally uh it takes a lot of work because you gotta you gotta really know the person and be willing to have done the work to get to know them, you know, to to love someone. Uh, but when you love someone, they can't do anything. I mean, they can fuck up, but you're always gonna forgive them. Uh, but there's even a communication there that I think comes with love. So I think, um, yeah, it's just this unconditional thing, you know. It's just it's a feeling. It's one of the hardest things I think to describe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Does it start with the self? Yeah, I think that I think that for in order for someone to love someone, they have to they have to be in a place with themselves, you know, like to even get that capacity. If you hate yourself, then it's really hard to love other people. So absolutely. And I think that's been like a, a thing too. There's been posts I did and that's with the mother health too. And I said I I know who I am. You know, and it's just one thing, you know, sitting, you know, you kind of realize that everything is kind of love. It starts there. It's like that's the beginning of everything and everything kind of just turns out from that. That's the good thing about sitting often is it's a constant reminder, you know, and trying to remember that away from the medicine has been, you know, that's the work. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And what have you learned about forgiveness on the path? No, I think I never really had a problem with forgiveness. Um, I think because I was really good at empathy. When I was one of those incarcerations when I was a kid, we did empathy was a really big thing, you know, and even, you know, that revelation with my mother and kind of thinking about how she just left me everywhere growing up as a kid and never really you know, whatever, spent time or any of that stuff. I didn't, as soon as I kind of came to the realization, I didn't, I didn't have any spite or anything. I instantly forgave her. I kind of had that kind of thing I was talking about where I got to see myself in all these dispositions, but then I had another experience a few ceremonies later to where it was like the same thing, but through her eyes. And I realized that she was just doing what the best she could with what she had. Um, as far as like, you know, I haven't really had a big reason for forgiveness, but I have taken some times to where like crazy, my old gang shit, where like there's straight victimization going on. And, and looking back on all that, you just realize how fucked up we all were as kids and crazy and acting out. Don't have any, like, I forgive all those, all those people, but man, there's a lot of crazy shit happening out there in the world. So I know that should definitely be a topic is trying to forgive, but oof, that's, that's a lot. You got to understand, try to be compassionate about why something's fucked up in the first place. And then understand some people just get, it's your deal, man. You know, like the universe throws shit at you. Mm -hmm. So be mad, at, you know. Mm -hmm. And just like love, I believe forgiveness starts with the self, forgiveness of oneself for the things that you've done wrong. Um, and the challenges that you've created for yourself. How have you forgiven yourself for your past? You know, I definitely agree. And uh, I think that's the number one thing with ayahuasca, and especially with the daughter's de death. This shit, me and my daughter weren't getting along whenever she died, man. You know? um, and I think a lot of that 
with grief is more associated with guilt and the guilt that you know, think about guilt i feel like it's the hardest thing to deal with because the guilt you just you know you fucked up and you ain't getting out of guilt unless you forgive yourself so you have to be like man i fucked up i was i was a piece of shit you know and like you know someone's capacity to do that or not um I think you have to have the willingness to get better, right? So if you really want to get better, then you can forgive yourself for being a piece of shit. Which is, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Some people might say, like, to me, I'm like, hey, you're a shitty dude. You're a fucking asshole, whatever. You know, and that's it. So you got to forgive yourself for that. Um, and I think the only way you can do that is to know that you're, like, on your way to getting better and you really want to change. And you're going to take that as a learning experience. So then you can re- look at it and you'd be grateful for how shitty you were. Because now you've learned from it. And then now maybe you can even help other people because you understand what being an asshole or shitty or whatever and the consequences that can come of that. Uh, watch out. <laughs> um, so I think that's the thing. I think that's that's kind of forgiveness. Is, that's, I think to forgive mm-hmm. yourself, you got to accept that you sucked. It's, in, it's not going to work unless you genuinely wanted to do the work to change from within. And if you know that, then you can forgive your past shortcomings, I feel like, because you know that you're going to change and you're going to use that as a lesson. But mm-hmm. if you don't want to change and you're really just doing the same shit and just telling everybody, you know, that you're trying to, but if you're not really doing it, then I don't think you're really be able to forgive yourself because you're the same fucking person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So ever since you were young, um, you were wanting not to be a burden so you always gave 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 yourself try to be of service um and i feel for people that are like that uh, they often forget to fill their own cup um, because they're giving 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 and they're not attending to their own foundations so how do you attend to your foundations and ensure that you do mentally. So with your mind, physically with your body and spiritually, what are your foundations and how do you ensure those cups are filled? Uh, This year, I finally got back kind of on a track. Uh, We work out five or six days a week here. Really fortunate, especially now that we have the space. So even the days that I want to know that, um, you know, knowing that I'm doing uh, to keep my body moving and well, that's how I kind of give there. Um, I could honestly do better uh, as far as doing that because I've just kind of been kind of just dead set on having that cabin done and not really worried or giving myself. I tell myself that sometimes you just got to put your head down and fucking go, you know, and just. And I felt like I'd been in one of those times. Now that I'm in a place where I could at least start recording and using the space, there's still a lot to be done. I still got to put a roof. I got to put a bathroom. I got to just got to do cell, the solar power, the plumbing, water retention. So there's still a lot. Um, but I'm really trying to transition now into where I'm going to start filming all that stuff and like, you know, having you guys watch. And there'll be a section of the YouTube that's like builder shit and then like, you know, yoga. Uh, animal, you know, all these different kind of sections, I guess. Um, just definitely something that, so you got spiritual, mental. So um, I do meditation. I do Sam Harris's waking up uh, meditation. That, so I do that. I'm doing good every day, but I do it at least three or four times a week. I'm finding myself a spot, takes 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do that kind of in the morning before I get going. Uh, physical working out spiritual yeah you don't have to do ceremony for that you know um i'm really fortunate to live in a household that has people that that's what they fucking do all the time so i I get to hear about the guy that does you know leads our ceremonies is he's passionate about this topic so all he's talking about all day every day is consciousness and fucking you know just all the different all the stuff Oh, you know, um, and it's so it's kind of it's kind of deep stuff, man. And I'm just now starting to understand what a little bit of what he's been talking about, you know, for this these years. Mm-hmm. But I think the walks in nature, you know, I take walks, uh, 
you know, often through and just, I'm, I get to be, I'm, I'm, I'm right around here, man. So it's really not hard, uh, you know, to do, to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were talking about that before the call and that's connecting with nature. Um, what have you learned from connecting with nature? Um, especially this past year, just being surrounded by it and going for hikes, which is definitely a, something physical, but it also attends to your spirituality because when we, go for mindful walks through nature, at least when I do, I recognize like my interconnectedness with all, with the sky, with the stars, with the wind, with the trees, with the animals, with the water. Um, what have, how have you benefited just by immersing yourself in nature? What have you learned from nature itself these last, this last year? I just have a grand appreciation uh, for her. I think it's kind of, it's getting hard for me to get all political and stuff because it's just it's so beautiful and you know untouched and it makes you kind of get disappointed a little bit about how we're overpopulating the earth as a species and <laughs> fucking it up you know <laughs> yeah um, um so but man i just i just it, it's just a grand sense of appreciation and solace to it all you know just we really want to care for the land out here and uh just yeah, we don't hurt trees. We don't hurt anything. It's like you know, we're real, uh, real like that. But as far as just lessons, man, I I think I don't. I think I just I'm just more connected. I don't necessarily have like any lessons that she gives me. She just kind of reminds me uh, constantly just to be grateful uh, and that I ain't shit, uh, pretty much. Which is a good thing to be. Uh, to be told or to, to, to re-realize every once in a while about how, you know, kind of insignificant and lucky you are to even be here. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about your foundations for mind, body, and, and spirit, it was interesting to hear that resistance does come up for you. Um, to me, like, it seems like it went because from an outsider's perspective, it just seems like you're on top of it. You're always on you're always on it, but resistance is something that we cannot escape. And Stephen Pressfield talks about resistance is that negative force in that world that keeps us from fulfilling our dreams. So how do you, how do you deal with that resistance when it comes up, when you, that, that keeps you from doing your work? It's definitely doubt. It's probably the biggest one for me, uh, fear and doubt, you know, like I'm fixing the, I'll be getting into trying to roll and do something I've never done, you know, before, you know, know, release a lot of content and programming and try to find a way that I can help people and survive, you know, doing it. I definitely don't care about being rich or charging a shitload of money for any programs, but fear and doubt are the ones, resistance that always come to me. Um, Really lucky up here at Matani Sagrada, I have a support group of good friends, Chris, Guy, Tom, and Jimmy that are always here that we always talk to. We actually, Every so often we sit down maybe once a month or whatever at the table and kind of have a truth talk, which are really fucking hard. Like, Derek, I don't like this shit. You know, like, it's like, you know, it's just like, yeah. fuck, you know, like everybody has to stick one person talking at a time. So I'm fortunate to be around a, a group of people that are fucking real, that don't, that are just really trying not to, to be like, I don't want to say the rest of the world, but just really kind of mindful and watchy of the of how the world is becoming a world of consumers and and ego and like all that stuff and trying to come back and be really respectful of the things the way tribes were and just just things mm-hmm. uh, before all this uh, capitalism, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Justin, how does one find that community? Like if someone is feeling a lack of community, um, how do they find community? Because you've found community that has served you many times um, in your life. How does one find community when they're feeling they have no one like them, no one that they could talk to, no one around? I think you got to find something that you love and you're willing to do. Um, It made me think about... um, you know, I was always able to find community in, in gym spaces, you know, because I was into fitness. And so you go there long enough and then maybe you get into martial arts or, or if you're into yoga, if you go long enough, people start to recognize you'll see 
you have the opportunity, you know, just doing what you love to meet new people. Uh, it was really made me think of one time, like my, my friends were doing some comedy improv rap thing. And I went to this like little thing to try to meet, but dude, I was so fucking, I just couldn't do it. Like rapping, like uh, improv rapping. Uh, I mean, dude, I was so uncomfortable. I'm definitely not but I think if you find something that you love, you know, and and just keep doing it, then you'll meet people, man. Like biking, keep going out to the trails. If you like yoga, if you like fitness, you know, I think you just go to the events, do the stuff. You know, things are starting to open back up in the world, you know. So mm-hmm. if you like food, go to a food event. I mean, shit, whatever. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful answer. So as we close this interview, I like to close with a final three questions. And we've got into that time, and um, I'd like to ask you yours. And the first one's a big one. And this is, in all your path, on the highs and lows that is this life, what has been your greatest life lesson that you've learned and that you feel called to share right here, right now? Greatest life lesson in all of the past. Jesus. Yeah, you know, I think I don't know if it's necessarily a lesson. I think that I think just a, just an understanding that we're always going to be evolving and changing, and to not be afraid to just go with that. Um, you know, whenever I got, you know, left goals or shit, I got fired for some bullshit goals that didn't even happen. But either way, I I decided that I wanted to work it on it. You know, and uh, I did whatever it took. I did a long internship without pay to get you know finally have the opportunity to be a coach there and um so more i think it'd be like hard work pays off if you want it and you care and you're passionate you can have whatever you want you know like no matter what it is you just have to fucking keep doing the work and get you know handled through a few no's and you can have anything so i think that'd be kind of it oh that's very powerful that is a very powerful truth um in three words, Justin, how would you describe the experience you're having on this earth? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Great. That, that, that's, that's one of my favorite answers thus far. In over a year of podcasting, it's fucking awesome. And it truly is, if we allow that to be. My last question. I believe we're all magicians and we have the power within to transform our realities. Um, first, and first ours. And I'm going to transform our collective reality by bringing us into the future. We're going to time travel. We're going to time travel into the future. And we're going to be alongside an 85-year-old Justin Brown. Who is that 85-year-old Justin? What do you look like? What do you do? Where are you? Who are you surrounded yourself by and what is the impact you've left on this world uh 85 year old justin is on his way to becoming a centenarian uh still fit not necessarily ripped or anything but absolutely still doing some kind of exercise every single day whether it just be a walk or a hike or something uh i think 85 year old justin will be settled down with family uh by then be dealing with some grandkids and uh, hopefully kind of have created uh, a movement of, of a community of people that kind of understand uh, different flow capacities and, and, and really kind of really main goal is kind of putting understanding or trying to put their attained flow state in, in everything. So to get, uh, take the monotony out of life uh, by trying a little bit harder to be awesome at it. Mm -hmm. So I want you to stay with this 85 year old, Justin, a teacher of flow, um, a creator of many movements, fit, surrounded by loved ones, by family, by grandchildren on his way to his centenarian years. I'm not going to leave us. I'm not going to leave us in the future because all we ever have is the now, the infinite now, now, now. And I'm going to bring us back to this now. But that 85-year-old Justin, he sends a message. He sends a message to you. What does he whisper to your ear? 
Don't give up. <laughs> yeah, don't give wow. up, man. You got this. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for this conversation and I'm so proud of you and all that you have become and all that you share and are helping. Oh, dude, it's I'm amazing. to have met you, man. I love you. So glad to have had you and met you through audit. I can't wait to have you out here when everything gets uh, normal again, man. We're definitely going to be doing some retreats and you know, fitness, all kinds of stuff. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. So I'm excited for what's happening up here at Montana Sagrada and and um, yeah, we'll be in touch. Yeah, no, I love you too, brother. And I can't wait to go down there. That's definitely a destination that is in my future path as soon as things open up and the stars align. I will be there. Um, to close, where can people find you? You have a lot of exciting things going on with Flow Life Wellness, um, with your community you're creating. So where can people connect and learn from you? Right now, uh Justin Brown Fitness on Instagram. Uh, I actually I have bought the domain. I have a I've, and I bought the Flow Life app domain. I, but I'm not even gonna lie. That's I've not done any of that shit yet. So there's <laughs> Flow Life Wellness on YouTube. Um, Flow Life Wellness uh, is on Instagram. I haven't started with the page, and I have the website and I have Flow Life the app. So I mean, honestly, all those things are fixing to come out. I mean, I'm just gonna start making stuff and just giving stuff. I feel like you feel like you should give everything away for free and then and then people are going to want to maybe have my time personally and then that's what i'll you know charge for because you know our one-on-one you know all these people are going to want to you know some energy exchange for that so i'm excited uh so justin brown fitness for now uh and everything will kind of keep up from there and it's the same thing on uh on youtube or facebook and uh and instagram Right on. And to close every episode, we bring our fist in for digital fist bump. This seat at the winner table, everyone could join. All right. Thank brother. you, bro. Thank you, brother. Right. Much love. love. You, Talk to you later. Talk to you later.